Hello, and welcome to another episode of Successful Inventing. I'm your host, Ken Johnson. Today, we're going to take a subject that I think is very important uh, for game inventors. In fact, it's the most critical thing game inventors must do. If you have invented a game, you must listen to this episode because it's going to be very important to the success of your game. So this topic I find very near and dear to me because I learned this lesson the hard way. Now, the thing that every game inventor must do is very simple in its uh, explanation in terms of what must be done. There is a process, but you must do this. And what is the thing I'm telling you you must do? Well, you must test your instructions. That's it. Every game inventor must thoroughly test their instructions. Now, this goes to point number one from my book, The Simple Plan. In that first step of The Simple Plan, I tell all inventors, regardless of what they invented, they must research their concept before they get into spending money, before they start building prototypes or applying for patents. You must research your concept. Part of that research is to uh, research the marketplace, uh, determine what other competing, competing products are out there, uh, what in your mind, in your concept, will make your invention better than the competing solutions. Those are all part of the first step of the simple plan. However, if you have a game, part of that first step is to test your instructions test the idea and how you want it to work. That's part of step one, but it's also part of step three of the simple plan, which is to uh, do a product review. So step one of the simple plan is to research. It's called a research evaluation. Step two is to build a prototype, but step three is to do an evaluation of that prototype or product. So for a game inventor, you're gonna test your concept in step one, and in step three of the simple plan, you're gonna test those written instructions. So how do you test your instructions? Well, before I get into that, let me tell you my story. So my very first invention was a baseball board game I called Dice Baseball. Now, most of you know of my invention, Phase 10, the card game. It's a worldwide bestseller, and it's the number two card game behind the number one card game, Uno. But in developing Phase 10, I learned a lesson from my very first game, which was Dice Baseball. You see, like most inventors, when I created Dice Baseball, I was afraid to expose it to other people, thinking that the idea would be stolen. And I'm sure many of you have felt this yourself. Uh, most inventors are 
fearful that their idea, their invention will be stolen before they can get it into the market. So uh, back 40, almost 40 years ago, actually, I created Dice Baseball when I was 12, but I started to try to market it when I was 19. And at that point in time, I didn't have any mentors. I didn't know anything about the game industry. And out of fear, I was reluctant to expose it to other people. So I never really tested the instructions in the way I'm going to outline to you in a moment. In fact, I played dice baseball with my siblings from the time I was 12 to the time I was 19. And I then uh, took those those uh, rules that we had developed over those seven years and condensed them into a set of rules or instructions, written rules and instructions. However, I never tested those rules and instructions with other people. I just assumed that by putting the rules that we played by in writing for those seven years, they would be comprehensible to other people. As it turned out, they were not. People bought the game, it was available at Kmart nationwide, and people bought the game, but in many cases, they did not understand how it was played. Uh, they did not fully comprehend how it was played, and there were issues and questions that came up in the game play that they didn't fully understand, or there was no resolution or rule on how to deal with those scenarios. I could have discovered that had I tested those instructions. So learning that lesson from Dice Baseball, by the way, Dice Baseball did not do well in the market. We shipped our first shipment of Dice Baseball to Kmart in roughly August, September of 1981. Within two or three months, I got a call from Kmart saying they were canceling it. It was being delisted and pulled off the shelf or, or they were gonna sell through what they had, but they weren't gonna buy anymore. So it was within a month or so after that that I developed phase 10. However, I took the lesson I learned from Dice Baseball, that lesson being you must test your instructions. You must test those rules with people who are unfamiliar with the game. And so that's what I did. And when I developed phase 10, uh, the concept, I laid it out, I, I play tested it myself. I played four hands going around the table, playing four hands and working out all the scenarios that could happen. Uh, all the rules that I needed or instruction on how to deal with various situations and uh, et cetera. And then I reduced those rules to writing. I put them in written form and I then took those uh, rules or instructions and I took the my prototype of phase 10 and I went to my parents' home and my parents were there and my sister. And what I did was is I took the, I gave the instructions to my sister, who had not played phase 10, nor had my parents. But I gave the rules to my sister, and I asked her to read the rules and then explain to the th uh, three of us, my mom, my dad, and myself, I asked my sister to explain to the three of us how to play the game, and we would then play it. So she took a few minutes, read the rules, told us how to play, and we started playing. And fortunately, she got it absolutely correct. She understood by reading the rules how to play the game. She was able to convey that gameplay to us 
my parents and myself. And we went on to play the game without a hitch. She understood perfectly. And when there was a scenario that came up during the game play, I asked her to review it in the instructions. I didn't tell her the answer to the question. I told her to go to the instructions and find the answer. And so a couple scenarios came up during our play and rather I knew the answer, but rather than tell her the answer, I needed her to go to the rules and find it for herself. And she was able to do that. So what's the lesson? Uh, you must test your rules. So. Uh, by the way, during that gameplay, initial play with my parents and my sister, there was a scenario that came up in that gameplay that I did not have a rule for. So I had to revise the instructions to, to, to uh, account for that p potential scenario, which was in fact a scenario where uh, one of them thought they could use a skip card because it was the same color as one of the uh, suits in the game. Uh, she thought they thought they could use a skip card as a color in phase eight. Anyone that's played phase 10 knows phase eight is seven cards of the same color. So they thought they could use a skip card as one of the colors, which was orange. And that was one of the suits. And I, I immediately had to come up with a rule saying, no, you can't do that. That was my, not my intent to use a skip card as a color card in phase eight. So I had to rewrite the rules or, or add that in as uh, a um, uh, in case that scenario came up with other people playing. And so then I took this revised set of rules to another group of people who had never played phase 10 before, gave the rules to one of those individuals. And you pick someone with average intelligence. You don't pick pick the uh, Ph.D. in the group. You pick someone of average intelligence, ask them to read the rules explain it to everyone else, and then you play. So here's my advice. And I did that, by the way, several times with several different groups. Every time I played with people who had not played before. And in a couple of scenarios, I did not play with them at all. I just watched. So Here's my rule to you if you have developed a game. Test your rules. Uh, in my book, this is covered in step one of the simple plan and step three of the simple plan. But you test your rules and you do it this way. After you've uh, developed your concept and you've reduced the concept to rule form or instruction form, you take those instructions along with your prototype and you give them to one, you, you put together a group of four or five people, whatever number applies to your game. And preferably there are people that are strangers to you. Perhaps one of them you know, for instance, you could ask your uncle to put together a group of three or four other people because you wanna test one of your games. And you go to your uncle's house and uh, you give your uncle or someone else in that group the rules and they have a prototype there on the table, and you ask them to read the rules, explain it to the other players, and they sit down and play. However, it's best that you don't play at all, if possible. You could sit in a corner with a pad and pencil and observe what's happening, but you let those people who've never played the game before, and preferably they're not family members, you ask them to play the game. 
Now you observe, and if they have a question that comes up during the gameplay, don't answer it. If you know the answer to their question is in or is covered in the instructions, you refer them back to the instructions. You don't tell them where to find it in the instructions. You just tell them, look, the answer to your question is in the rules. I, I need you to go in and find it. Okay. And this is very important. Don't help them. Don't explain. Don't uh, embellish. Don't clarify anything about the gameplay to those players. If they have a question, refer them to the rules. If, if in fact, the answer is in the rules. If, however, they raise a question that you have not developed an answer for and it's not covered in the instructions, you must then on the fly come up with a, a rule, tell them what the rule is going to be, and then with your notepad, write that rule down so that you can revise your instructions later. But for the most part, you should have a zip over your mouth, don't say a word, and other than refer them to the instructions, okay? I can't overemphasize this. You must not give them input on how to play. Now, as you probably can imagine by now, why this is so important to a game developer. Think about it. If you develop a set of rules for a game, and they're sold in Walmart and Target, the first adopters will buy the game, they'll go home, they'll look at the rules, instructions, and they'll read them, and then they will explain it to their other, uh, the other players and they will start playing. You're not there to explain or clarify or adjust their gameplay. So you must rely on the instructions to accurately convey how the game is played. So you must test that by giving the game to people in your circle, people you don't know, and get them to play without your instruction. And your observation should tell you whether they fully understand how to play, whether they're playing it accurately. If they're not playing it accurately, by the way, during this testing, you must tell them, hey, you have something, you misunderstood something, you need to go back to the rules and reread it. You can do that, but don't give them the answer. If they start playing inaccurately, you must try to correct it. But that tells you that you need to clarify this concept in the rules because people are misunderstanding. Um, you have to observe. And what you're looking for is several things. You're looking for their accuracy in the gameplay, their ability to comprehend it the first time they read it, and you're looking for, you're observing whether or not they truly enjoy the game. Now, I'm sure you've played games with people before and you know what it, what it looks like when people are enjoying the gameplay. Well, you want to see that in the people testing your game. You don't have to ask them if they enjoy it. You can see it. So you're looking for that as you sit in the corner with your pad and pencil. You're trying to observe their accuracy of gameplay, their ability to comprehend it the first time they read it, and are they enjoying it? Those are the three things you're looking for. And while you're observing this, make sure you take notes. If they uh, misunderstand, if they raise a question that's not covered in the instructions, you must come up with an answer on the fly and then uh, add that 
revision to the new uh, rules and then test that revision, test that, that new set of rules. And until you have uh, allowed people to test your game without question and they have accuracy and comprehension, if that happens two or three times, your instructions are probably ready for market. But until that happens, as long as people continue to misunderstand, as long as they have to read the instructions, you know, more than once or twice to, to understand, and as long as you see they're not truly enjoying it, you must continue to work on your game. It needs work. But when those three things happen, accuracy, comprehension, and enjoyment, you are ready to go. And then another quick aside, in your rules or when you develop your instructions, you want to do two things. One is follow a common format, which I'll explain in a moment. And you want to keep your instructions as condensed and concise as possible. That's important because the first adopters, when they open your package, if they see basically an encyclopedia of instructions, they're going to be intimidated and they may not read them. They may not play. That's for your first adopters because they're the ones that have to read the rules and figure it out. The people they play with usually will just go with the way it was played when they played it over their cousins or uncles or mom and dad's house. As was explained to them, that's how they'll play it. But those first adopters will, will look at the rules and you don't want them intimidated, and you don't. So you want to keep them as concise as possible, but they may, must be thorough. So that's important. Keep your rules as concise as possible. But going back to the first point, you want to make certain that your rules follow a format common to that type of game. So what I mean by that, if you look at Phase Ten, Uno, and Skippo, those three card games, they're the uh, number one, two, and three in the market respectively. Uno's number one, phase 10 numbers two, and Uno, I'm sorry, Uno's one, phase 10 is two, and Skippo is three. But if you look at the instructions on those three games, you'll find a common theme. And this is true of most games. They usually follow a certain cadence. You'll have, typically they'll, they'll describe the number of players, and then there's a section that talks about the objective of the game, um, the components of the game, and how the game is played, or, or or I'm sorry, a game setup, how do you set the game up? And then there'll be a paragraph on how the game is played. And then from there, it will go into detail of the various components of the game. So to give you an example, in phase 10, we talk about the number of players, we talk about the components, you know, there's 108 cards, we talk about how to set the game up, which means you deal the cards, uh, 10 cards to every player, uh, take the remainder deck, uh, put it in the middle of the table, and turn the top card up. That's how you set the game up. And then we talk about how, to, how do you play the game. The dealer, uh, the person to the left of the dealer will draw a card either from the discard pile or the draw pile. They will then try to complete a phase. If they do so, they lay it down. Once they've done that, they discard a card. And if they've laid down their phase and their other phases on the table, they can hit on one of those other phases using one of the cards from their hand. The objective is to rid your card of all the oh, I'm sorry, rid your hand of all the cards. And then once that's accomplished by any player, that hand is over, um, and then the cards are gathered and redealt, and you add score and so on. 
So that's explained. Try to do that concisely in a paragraph or two. And then you go into the components. Okay, so what is hitting? I talked about hitting in the gameplay, but what is that? So you have a paragraph that details what hitting is. It details what is a wild card and how is it used? How do you use a skip card? Um, it, it talks about scoring. You know, so there's another section. So you have sections that discuss the the details of gameplay or the components of, of the game or how certain cards are used or in a Monopoly game, for instance, what happens, uh, how is rent paid or how do you mortgage property or retrieve property that's been mortgaged, etc. So all games have this certain path to display or I should say to instruct people on how the game is played and then the various components of the game. So I encourage you, if your game is a board game, for instance, go out and buy other board games and look at how they describe uh, the gameplay and the format on in the instructions. If you have a card game, go buy Uno, Phase 10, or Skippo, or maybe all three, and see how they've laid out or how we've laid out the instructions and attempt to do something similar. That's important because this is widely accepted in the marketplace. It's been proven for um, decades that it is accurate, an accurate way of explaining your gameplay. People understand it. So you don't want to reinvent the wheel and, and come up with a set of instructions or rules that bounce all over the place and don't have the kind of order and precision and explanation that uh, is expected in the marketplace. Okay, so I encourage you to, to take a look at other rules or instructions in your particular game genre and try to emulate that format that those rules are written in. So your rules and instructions in your game are critical. You can't be in millions of homes explaining how the game is played or clarifying or adjusting uh, for inaccurate gameplay. Your instructions must convey accurately, concisely, and comprehensibly how a game is played. And if it doesn't do those things, go back to the drawing board and keep working. Okay? Well, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I hope that you uh, will have success in developing your game, whether it's a card game or a board game. Uh, and this, of course, applies to any product that has a set of rules. Uh, I'm focusing here on games, but any product that has rules or instructions, you want to make sure that you test those rules or instructions. So thanks again for listening. Uh, you can go to my website, KenJohnsonSpeaks.com or SuccessfulInventing.com. You'll find their information on inventing. You'll find various documents you can download. Uh, it could be license agreements, NDAs, etc. And you'll find also uh, other information you'll find helpful to uh, in your pursuit to uh, invent and get your product from concept to market. So thanks again for listening. This is Ken Johnson, your host, and I want to wish you successful inventing. <music>